0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, podcast, and our thank you gift, the book Tactics, when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael and his teaching in the first seven verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 called Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts.
1: Open up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now concerning spiritual gifts. We're going to read verses 1 through 11, then we're going to pray and we'll get into the message. So open your Bibles, open up if you're looking at something electronic to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's stand, if you're physically able to stand, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. Paul writes, now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware. 1 Corinthians twelve two, You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. May the Lord write His word upon our hearts. You may be seated. Would you join me in prayer, Father? Thank you so much for... This transition in 1 Corinthians as we move now into a study of spiritual gifts and the body of Christ and the, the beautiful body metaphor that we are one body. We are diverse, we are different, but we are one in Christ. And you are a gift-giving God. Father, you gave your only son. You so love the world that you gave your only son that whoever believes in him, they won't perish, they'll have everlasting life. And Jesus, when you were getting ready to ascend to heaven, you told your church, your disciples, I won't leave you alone. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And you said, I will send another, a comforter, a helper, the Holy Spirit, and he will live in you. And he will guide you and help you and strengthen you. And Lord, we thank you that though you're at the right hand of the Father interceding for your church, you have given us your spirit. You've baptized us in the spirit. You've regenerated us by the spirit and you distribute spiritual gifts to us so that we can accomplish your will. And that is an awesome gift. Life is a gift, but new life in Christ is an awesome gift as well. Spiritual gifts and just all that you bless us with. Lord, you're, you're a God who continues to give to us. You're faithful even when we are faithless. And even when we disengage our gifts, you're still faithful to renew and refresh us and use us again. So I pray that you would have your way this morning and give us understanding, give us a heart to obey your word and help us as a congregation to bring you glory. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now concerning... Spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. In our last study, we saw that the Corinthians were bringing their biases into the church and they were having what we would consider like a potluck leading into the Lord's Supper. And based upon socioeconomic factors, because there was really no middle class at that time, poor people were being mistreated in something that they called the Lord's Supper the rich were looking down on the poor. They weren't sharing with the poor. They were so concerned about status and and who had this and that social economic standing was big in Corinth, just as it is big in our world. And poor families were coming into these celebrations and they had very little and others were looking down on them. And Paul says, "Do do you despise the church of God? Do you shame the poor man who has nothing? And Paul would say, you can call it the Lord's Supper. You may call it the Lord's Supper, but that's not what it is. Call it something else, but don't call that the Lord's Supper. Because the Lord's Supper is all about the giving act of Jesus on the cross who died for our sin and took our punishment and died in our place and shed his blood and dealt with the shame and all that went with the cross. And if we're going to call something the Lord's Supper, then inherent in it should be a giving attitude. It shouldn't be about class divisions or racism or anything like that. It should be about us loving each other in the diversity that exists in the body of Christ. Now, this attitude that was in the uh, early potlucks and the Lord's Supper carried over into spiritual gifts if you've ever done any study in these chapters, which is some of the main chapters on spiritual gifts, you'll watch scholars write that they believe that the biggest problem in Corinth was an elevation of the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is a Greek word called glossa, G-L-O-S-S-A, or glossolalia, and it literally just means language. It's the gift of language. And there's a lot to look at when it comes to the gift of tongues. And there's a debate as to whether that gift is actually for today. And if it is for today, how should it be exercised? And we're going to get a lot of information on that in chapter 14. But suffice it to say that the Corinthians, and this is what the writers looking at the New Testament say, that the Corinthians had elevated that to such a place that they believed that the spiritual elite in the congregation had the gift of language or tongues and that other people who were on a lower scale did not possess that gift. And we've watched that move into the modern church where you can go into some places and people will say, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is you must speak in tongues. And some of you have been in a situation where you've been brought into a back room and somebody said, okay, just start opening your mouth until something comes out that sounds like the gift of language, right? And that's because people have had a misunderstanding about this gift. In fact, you'll find that as we read through the text, Paul will name the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues last on the list, as as if to deprioritize it. Now, all the gifts are from the one same Spirit. He distributes them. Look at verse 11 of chapter 12, just to get the book in he distributes them does the spirit 12 11. the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as he wills so whatever gift that you have has been distributed to you by the sovereign act of God the Holy Spirit so there should be no pride then There should be nothing where I look down on somebody else and say, oh, you don't have the gift of language. Let's say somebody has the gift of administration or somebody has the gift of helps or maybe they have a more public gift like the gift of teaching. We would say, well, those gifts are all important, but they are all in God's economy still given by the same spirit for his sovereign purpose. In fact, later in the body metaphor, he will say, look, the gifts that are not seen, and he uses the idea of internal organs, are probably more important than the ones that you do see. Example, we spend a lot of time in front of the mirror. Is my hair looking good, right? <laughs> Is everything in place? But, but your hair could be out of whack and you're going to be okay. A P- couple people might look at you sideways, but that's about it. But if your internal organs are not operating correctly, you could be in deep trouble. And the point is is that that which is behind the scenes, often unseen, could be more vital to a ministry. And that's why we have to be careful that we don't think, well, this one gift is what makes somebody important. And I have, I have a lesser gift, we might think. Or you might wonder, do I have a spiritual gift? And, and how do I find out what it is? And, and some of you may be feeling inferior because you don't even know how you could help the body of Christ. I'm hoping and praying that this study will help you with some of those questions on how you discover your gift and put it into practice. But speaking in tongues appears to have been a high-status symbol or indicator for the Corinthians. And in chapter 13, verse 1, if you skip ahead for a moment, Paul writes, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, 13.1, but do not have love, I have become, loose paraphrase, a whole lot of noise. If the gifts of God, the spiritual gifts given to us by God, are not energized by love, not motivated by love, all you are. You could have the gift, the tongues of angels, but if you don't have love energizing those gifts, all you are is a lot of talk and a lot of show, but it means nothing. It's empty. And in the Corinthian church, if you can imagine for a second, people coming in and showing off with their so-called spiritual gifts and saying, oh, you don't have this gift, brother. Well, we'll really pray for you and see if you can figure things out and get to our level. And that that was the problem going on in the Corinthian church. Look, we are a body and we need each other and no gift should be elevated above another because all the gifts are vital in the operation of the body. When Paul moves into the body metaphor, he's going to say that the hand can't say to the eye, I don't need you. No, each part of the body is vital. I'm grateful that my foot doesn't wake up in the morning and say, I'm taking the day off. I'm tired of being down here. It smells. There's no glory. I'm usually covered with a sock, right? I'm out of here. No, no, no. The foot has to participate with the body. It's a vital part of the body. And so this is what Paul's going to say, and this is what's ahead of us. We're going to get into the specific, what's called the sign gifts. In next Sunday's message, we're going to set the foundation today in terms of gifts. Now, I want to show you a, a passage that's important, and it's in 1 Timothy, a little bit to your right, hold your place in 1 Corinthians, 1 Timothy 4.14. I want you to mark this verse because Paul writes to Timothy a pastoral letter, 1 Timothy 4.14, and he writes these words, which indicates that it's possible to have a gift and not be using it. Read this verse with me, First Timothy 4.14 says, Paul writing to Timothy, do not neglect 1 Timothy 4.14, the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed upon you through prophetic utterance, that's another gift, prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery or the leadership of the church. Notice, don't neglect the spiritual gift within you. You know what that tells me? This is gonna be heavy for some of you in terms of an interpretive uh, lens, but see, see if you could stay with me. That means, don't neglect your spiritual gift means, you ready? Apparently you can neglect it.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
1: My prayer
0: Shane Lance would like to invite you to a night of worship at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. You know, it is so important for us as individual believers, as we are individually seeking Christ, to have times where we can come together to see the name of Jesus Christ exalted and lifted high. With a personal testimony. What a great way to just spark a fire in somebody's life again to show them the the power that there is in the name of Jesus the things that God can do and the way he can change our life anybody is welcome and maybe you have that friend that you've been trying to get back into church and they've been telling you oh yeah, you know, I want to get back to church but I've had work or I've had this or I've had that this is a great event to invite that friend to to get them back surrounded with other believers. A night of worship at Living Truth Christian Fellowship this Sunday night at 6 p.m. Visit walkintruth.com for more information or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app. I
1: will cry out, shout out your name for I know that I'm not forsaken.
0: Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: You don't have this gift, brother. Well, we'll really pray for you and see if you can figure things out and get to our level. And that, that was the problem going on in the Corinthian church. Look, we are a body and we need each other and no gift should be elevated above another because all the gifts are vital in the operation of the body. When Paul moves into the body metaphor, he's going to say that the hand can't say to the eye, I don't need you. No, each part of the body is vital. I'm grateful that my foot doesn't wake up in the morning and say, I'm taking the day off. I'm tired of being down here. It smells. There's no glory. I'm usually covered with a sock, right? I'm out of here. No, no, no. The foot has to participate with the body. It's a vital part of the body. And so this is what Paul's going to say. And this is what's ahead of us. We're going to get into the specific, what's called the sign gifts. In next Sunday's message, we're going to set the foundation today in terms of gifts. Now, I want to show you a a passage that's important, and it's in 1 Timothy, a little bit to your right, hold your place in 1 Corinthians, 1 Timothy 4.14. I want you to mark this verse, because Paul writes to Timothy a pastoral letter, 1 Timothy 4.14, and he writes these words, which indicates that it's possible to have a gift and not be using it. Read this verse with me, 1 Timothy 4.14 says, Paul writing to Timothy, do not neglect 1 Timothy 4.14, the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed upon you through prophetic utterance, that's another gift, prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery or the leadership of the church. Notice, don't neglect the spiritual gift within you. You know what that tells me? This is gonna be heavy for some of you in terms of an interpretive uh, lens, but see, see if you could stay with me. That means, don't neglect your spiritual gift means, you ready? Apparently you can neglect it. Apparently, that was supposed to be a little bit funny, but that's all right. Uh, Apparently you can put a gift on the shelf that you have from God and disengage it and not use it. Now, let me ask you, for those of you who have studied Timothy's life, why do you think Timothy might have hesitated in engaging his spiritual gift? Got Got a guess? He was young, but he was also fearful. In fact, he he had a bent towards timidity. And I don't know the full story there, but Paul will say early in the letter, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And apparently the timidity or the fearfulness with which Timothy had to wrestle, and we all have got our issues, right? We all wrestle with our weaknesses and our perceived inadequacies and all that we think we can't do. And Timothy, who was a young up-and-coming pastor, discipled by no less than the apostle Paul, apparently was disengaging as a pastor in Ephesus because there was a lot of difficulty, false doctrine, maybe older gentlemen who were challenging Timothy's authority. And Paul was saying, look, don't neglect your spiritual gift because you need it in order to deal with this stuff. You see, a spiritual gift is a divine enablement. A spiritual gift is more than just a natural ability. Some of us were born with natural abilities. And you could be good at certain things. And we would just say that's kind of part of your makeup. You're good at certain things. Maybe you're athletic or maybe you you can build things well or whatever. It's possible that even the building could be a spiritual gift. But here's the point. Spiritual gifts are more than that. They are supernatural enablements, empowering to bring glory to the head of the church, Christ, and to bless his body. And you, if you're a Christian, have at least one spiritual gift. You, have, you may have more than one, but you have at least one, and that's based on 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and other places. And so it's possible to neglect your spiritual gift. Can I ask you, can I challenge you? Are you neglecting your spiritual gift? See, whatever your gift might be, if you're neglecting it, you're depriving the body and potentially even dishonoring the head of the church. Now, some of you may feel, well, I, I don't feel like I have a lot to contribute, or I don't even know what my spiritual gift is. How do I know that? I want to take you to a place that I think will show you. It's in Romans 12, just before 1 Corinthians. Go to Romans 12, and let me show you something that I've, I've kind of just thought about over the years that I think is a good way to consider how you discover spiritual gifts and how they they go into operation in your life this is Romans 12 it starts with a familiar foundational couple of verses Romans 12:1 and 2 says therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove or test or discover what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now keep reading. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another. Now from the foundation of Romans 12, 1 and 2, as you present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, you're not conformed to the world, your, your mind is transformed by biblical thinking, right? You, you keep yourself in a humble place, And then as you do that, you're gonna discover the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm gonna park there for a second and tell you that from that foundation, Paul moves into spiritual gifts. So I think we have an indicator of how we discover and engage spiritual gifts. Did I tell you guys the story about Muhammad Ali yet in this service? Shake your head. No, I don't think I did. Sometimes the services blend together a little bit. I gotta know when I told my joke. So I, I was listening to Ravi Zacharias this morning. And he was talking about Muhammad Ali was on an airplane. And the airplane hit some moderate turbulence. And so the fasten your seatbelt light went on. And everybody fastened their seatbelt except for Muhammad Ali. Now we know Muhammad Ali had a big pride issue, right? I am the greatest. That's how he tagged himself. I am the greatest. I'm the greatest. I float like a butterfly. I sting like a bee, right? That was Muhammad, right? He's a great boxer. But so... The, the light came on and the stewardess is checking seatbelts and she comes to Ali and Ali doesn't have a seatbelt on. And she goes, sir, you need to fasten your seatbelt. And he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she, without missing a beat, said, yeah, and Superman don't need no airplane either. Fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> See, we gotta be careful about our pride here. But as we humble ourselves and we present ourselves to God, we go right into spiritual gifts. And here's what it says. Verse 6, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if serving in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another because spiritual gifts bless the body. In Philadelphia, single Greek word, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's the Greek word for brotherly love there. It's it's the body metaphor and it's family. We are family. Give preference to one another in honor. You see, this is the main List of spiritual gifts in the New Testament are Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, the passage we're studying, plus Romans 12. There's a few other places. And there's about 20 spiritual gifts, give or take, listed in these passages. I don't think, along with most other scholars, that this is an exhaustive list. There may be other gifts that God gives. And I'm not sure that all the gifts are with us all of our life. We may have some main gifts, like, for example... Uh, The gift of teaching has been something that God has blessed me with. And I would assume that I'll have that throughout my life. But there may be other gifts that God may give in a moment of time that I need for a specific situation. And maybe they're not with me forever. For example, maybe God gives me a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom in a situation, but I don't necessarily have that gift all the time. The main point is is that you let the Holy Spirit distribute the gifts as He wills and you engage them for the benefit of the body, for the good of the body. Spiritual gifts are not about self-aggrandizement. They're not about puffing myself up and seeing myself as an elite. They're about blessing God's body and glorifying the head of the church.
0: You're listening to Now concerning spiritual gifts, part one on Walk in Truth. Hey, remember, it's our goal to build you up so you can reach out to your community with the love of Christ and the knowledge of the gospel. So if you're a monthly partner with Walk in Truth, then we're sending you Greg Kokel's book, Tactics, Building a Game Plan for Discussing Your Christian Convictions. Also, anyone who gives a one-time gift of $20 or becomes a monthly partner of $10 will receive the Tactics book as a thank you. Learn more when you click on the donate button on WalkInTruth.com. Hey, thanks for your donation. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, I've been telling you lately that we've been teaching through the book of Job here at Living Truth in the city of Corona, a verse by verse study, and it's brought out some amazing insights about the problem of evil and the power of the gospel. And you know, in light of the times in which we are living, with the uh, tragedies that have been happening all around us, the question becomes, how can I minister effectively to someone who's going through loss or has experienced a loss without sounding preachy or using Christianese or even throwing Bible verses at somebody? And the answer to that is, I think your presence speaks volumes. So sometimes it's not about what we say. It's just about being there. It's about telling somebody that you are praying for them. And then it's also about just Asking the Lord for wisdom on what to say, what not to say, how to say something. Showing kindness and benevolence is a huge part of just what it means to be a Christian, to show the love of Christ. So I think that would be my encouragement to each and every one of us. Sometimes we don't have the words, and that's okay. Words can fail some situations, and that's where our love and our presence speak for themselves. They speak of the gospel. Well, I'd like to invite you to a night of worship on Sunday, February 16th at 7 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in the city of Corona. We're at 1009 Arsenal Way. You can download the Living Truth app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. You can get information and directions on that event and how to get here and much, much more. Download the Living Truth app today. We'll see you at that wonderful worship night. We're going to have not only a time of extended worship, but a testimony, a powerful testimony about what Christ is doing in someone's life, you don't want to miss it. So come on out Sunday night, February 16th. We'll see you here.
0: Tune in tomorrow for Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts Part 2, Pastor Michael's teaching in the first seven verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm Mike Mazzaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.